This is what? Hard to swallow. Gross. She should have put him back on the rack. You cannot talk to me. Good evening, everyone. Happy Friday night, everyone. I am pleased to be on live again for Quarantine Talk. I'm here with a my beautiful cast from the... Uh, hopefully, the way I'm saying it is the way it's on the screen. <coughs> to my good friend, sister, Lindsay. She's on the top. Lynn's wag right there. <laughs> right underneath, we got the beautiful Marcus. Hey. Then my baby girl, Misha the Malicious Mika right there next to him. And then, of course, my little M right on the bottom. How is everyone tonight? Roka, how are you guys feeling tonight? Just fine. I'm tired. (laughs) Yeah. Exhausted. Exhausted. Yes. Okay, exhausted. Well, you know, it's Friday. End of the week, as we all know, is the end of a very, another week of some people quarantining, a lot of people protesting, some looting. Um, some attacking, some assaulting, um, <laughs> hopefully, some, hopefully some introspecting, hopefully some reflecting, right? right? So let's talk about it. First topic of the night. Uh, thank you to M for coming up with the topics. I appreciate that. First topic of the night, um, that's something that happened directly into our community. Um, the trans girl, uh, her name is Ayana Dior on Facebook. I don't know if uh, that's the name that she goes by. But I know, uh, Ayana Dior, the girl that was brutally attacked by a group of men, um, black men and women in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I believe it happened, uh, don't quote me, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, or viral Wednesday, guys? Earlier this week, um, it was in Minneapolis, whatever. Um, yeah. So, tell me. Minneapolis. Minneapolis had a lot going on, but... uh, Yeah, so I do want to give some context to, like, how it all even started. There was some type of fender bender or some car crash that transpired before, and that's how they are... um, There was even a a picture taken of the car crashed against the other car, but it was, like, the front of the car was, like, um, scratched against the um, driver's seat door. Um, And then... So basically, it's to give a visual... A little side swipe, basically. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, Fender Bender. Um, and so that um, caused some type of back and forth between, actually, it was an issue between the cis black woman uh, with the raggedy blonde weed that you saw. And then they were going back and forth. She wanted to fight Ayana, and she ended up going into the store. Um, the employees at the store behind the counter didn't really want to get involved. And as you can see in the video, he was trying to stay out of it the best he could. Um, I don't even know if the police were ever even called any time within this situation, which is very um, telling in itself. But um, yeah, so they, she stayed in the store. She was scared to come outside. I think um, the trans girl, Iana, was with maybe two or three friends. Don't quote me. Um, and then they finally got her and uh, attacked and transpired. Well, not even just an attack. Uh, it was a beyond jumping. It was a brutal... <laughs> Bloody brawl. I mean, it was like 20 to 30 people attacking her at once. So let me ask you guys, how did you all feel when you saw that video? Can I go first? 
Mm-hmm. I well, first of all, it it was really hard to watch. Um, she looked alone. She looked like she didn't have anybody to, you know, help her, which is what I hated about the video the most. Number two, what type of man do you have to be to join in a group of other men to attract uh, attack a woman like this? That is my. It's really sad what happened to you know Ayana and I and I donated to her and shared and. Um, but I hate to say it, this is something that you kind Hello? of get used to. So, you know, I'm, can you hear me? Yeah. Um, we don't need to get used to this. And so, you know, I, I'm just really sad that this happened to her. But um, in terms of the men that were attacking her, all of them, um, and, and it only takes one, you know, if one person is noticed on that on that video, all of them should get what's coming to them because what kind of what type of man do you have to be to join in and attack a woman in the 20s and 30s and um, it's, it's I, really sad it's sad and also i want to add that she is only 20 years old imagine how traumatizing that is one to think that i might not escape this i actually might lose my life today well tonight should i say and um and no one is going to protect me and finally, some at some point she did get put away in the back room where the employees were. But I just when because they they kind of clocked her teeth, and so I guess clocking her teeth justifies potential murder, attempted murder. That is the value of a black trans woman in today's society. Her accidentally scraping your car can possibly justify murder. That is the problem, and that is why I I'm perfectly and hundred percent supportive of a lot of trans women that don't want to bat Black Lives Matter. This reminds me of the Revolutionary War when Americans were fighting for their you know to get out of British control, and a lot of Black people um, you know signed up to be part of the armies and fought for our freedom. And then a lot of those same black people that fought for them once the war was over, a lot of them went back to being slaves. So who fight is it? How can you really balance the two? And so um, she deserves justice. I, I want to see all those men go to jail. And it's really up to Yana what she chooses to do with it. And if she just wants to collect money right now, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm not hey, judging somebody. her at all. Yep. Take it away, she somebody. She can't see past her own survival. It's sad, but you know, when I think of when I think of Iyana in this moment, I see a young woman in her 20s, not expecting justice, not even expecting really notoriety for what happened. Um, she got it. Um, and it's now more so steeped in infamy than anything else. This is a string, this is like one more in a litany of, you know, videotaped accounts of violence against trans women. Um, outrage is not even, I, I just can't, I can't fathom. And especially after this week, there's been a lot of pretending from 
the cishet community, you know, there's been a lot of pretending from gay black men thinking that, you know, um, black lives matter, black lives matter is all encompassing. It's inclusive. It is not, it's not even inclusive when it comes to gay black men. I am just, I'm, I'm just tired of all the pretending and people, you know, relegating trans women like they're a part of another species, discounting their blackness, um, discounting their womanhood, their womanhood, dismissing their experience as women. There's another component, but I'll let um, Mika go ahead. <laughs> let's go let's get back to iana Child. let's get back to <laughs> you know what, what? <laughs> um i think for me when i i don't like to um i don't like to see black pain um just put out there i understand why it needs to be, because I do understand that there are people who still don't feel as if we do experience pain. And a lot of that is still rooted in slavery and just these ideas about blackness and black people. And not just that, I mean, it's also used to kind of control uh, black people yes. and also um, to control uh, response to black um, pain from people who are other. Um, I, I saw that and I, I, was, I was defeated. I felt very, um, I could feel the rage coming from these people. I, can, I, I, I saw that they would kill her and they would be okay with killing her that their intent was to kill her. Um, and I think it also just, for me, it just solidifies just how indoctrinated we are into upholding like white supremacist, capitalist, patriarchy, colonialism, and all those things that we feel as if to, that we need to also join in the stomping out of these anomalies in society, these things that are um, incongruent right. with whatever um, it is that we're supposed to be as a society and just how we perpetuate that, but also understanding that we ourselves are also victims. But I don't mm -hmm. want to, um, and it's very hard because as a black person, you are, you are, you, you recognize that what the um, injustices are and you understand what it is or why it is that people that look like you would now want to do this to another person that look like you. And then you also are on the other side as a person who is that is of that experience, who is also experiencing that beat down. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. We're not physically experience, experiencing it, but for most of us, we have experienced that kind of beat down. And it was just re-traumatizing to see that. And right. I just knew that they were going to kill her. And so for me, it was twofold, right? Like my, my response immediately was to stop watching it. 
my response was to look at everybody who was in that 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 video. My response was to dissect everything that's happening. Like who was there? Who were the players? Who were the bystanders? What are people actually doing for her in that moment? How are they responding to her in that moment? And I saw no one really coming to her defense. What really stood out to me was when she went behind, I think the register mm -hmm. and she was clinging on. This was someone who was terrified for her life. She's clinging on to the owner of the shop. I guess he was the owner and mm -hmm. he pushes her off of him. <laughs> And that was very, that was something that, that really uh, resonated with me. S the laughter, the laughter at the violence, the laughter at, at the abuse. I, I was so, I, I found at least three people, three of the guys, because they still had their stuff up. I emailed one. I also send um, emails to like other activists who say that they're doing the work. And I think maybe one person responded and I saw that they had responded, mm -hmm. but the other people that I had sent it to, including um, a, uh, the trans woman, um, the VP, I think of city council who's, uh, of Minneapolis, Minnesota, I think her name is Andrea Jenkins or whatever. And I was, I, again, like, I don't, I don't, I didn't do it because I wanted her to like whatever, but I did. I saw that she did have a um, a live the next day, and maybe mm -hmm. I'd gotten there late. I don't know, but I was hoping that we would have heard something about it. Or my my goal was to make sure that above all else, that this girl's story does not get like pushed um, to the side, and that and mm -hmm. that she is amplified also in the discussion but also that she's safe, that right. whoever can get to her in that moment and whoever, uh, whoever is trustworthy, you know what I mean, can get her and, and shield her because <laughs> it's clear that um, from reading a lot of these guys' posts, because I did, I told you, I hit them up, I went chasing for them, I went looking through their friends list, I went trying to find people that look like them and, um, and it's clear that they had jokes about it, have screenshots of the jokes that they were having about it. They were they were misgendering her. Um, they don't care. And so it, it and and not just that they don't care, but that they they actually knew what they were doing because they were trying to destroy the evidence. And what's funny to me is that I think the the reason why they say that it all started was because she was trying to run away and she was trying to, I guess, shuck accountability, right? But then right. you guys are also doing the same thing. You guys, you guys attacked her. So, so what is it? Is it accountability or is it something else? Because what I'm looking at, I'm looking at something else. I'm looking at pure hatred for someone Rage. who is other. And this is Boom. just your opportunity yeah. to get it going. I don't know. Again, this is just my assumption. I, but it seems like some of these people actually knew her and had probably been waiting <clears throat> for the they opportunity did. to, to, to be on her. It seems like. They were, it was rage. Yeah. How dare you exist? Yeah. How dare you prance around here like you yeah. some bitch? How dare you? Do you yeah. do not need to exist? Yeah. Right. I'm also going to say something that's very controversial. And I really don't mean anything by it when I say that. And I don't mean it in a way um, to exclude anyone else's pain or experience. <laughs> but, I, but I will say this. When it comes to, she's a beautiful girl. When it comes to beautiful trans women, 
It's something about a beautiful trans woman that does not sit well with society. I've had people tell me, and again, you already know what my issues are, what my insecurities are, because we've had these conversations like privately, you know what I mean? But I've had people actually tell me, people who actually pursued me tell me, I made them look at me. I made them desire me and they should kill me or they should shoot me. You know what I mean? So, so seeing this beautiful trans girl, this unapologetic girl, like just mm -hmm. stand up to you guys because see, and that's another thing about uh, abusers, right? When you actually, when they're abusing you, they want you to, to take it. They want you to sit there and take everything that they're giving you. And when you dare to say, oh, wait a minute, or you dare to actually show any kind of strength, they want to snuff it out. They want to beat it out. This girl is a beautiful girl. They cannot, al along with a whole host of other things, they couldn't take that. It was too much. It was yeah. too much. It was too, too much. And I've How seen it How dare you be attractive? How yeah. dare you turn dare me you, on? Exactly, exactly. How dare you make me even question my eyes right now? I'm, I, I should be able to Everything tell I thought I knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How dare you <laughs> make me question my own manhood? I want to piggyback off that real quick to ask, uh, you know, what, what do y'all think it is that drives society, or let's even put it down to certain black people when they see a certain gay or they see a, a trans girl that just makes them get this angry. It's well, like back I from say, slavery all the time, but go I ahead. Say this, <laughs> like, <laughs> I say this all the time on the show. Um, I'll speak, of course, for cis, you know, het women. It's always something sexual. Heterosexuals inherently lead with perversion. So as far as gay men, gay men, uh, it, they're seen as a threat to me possibly having a family, taking my man, that sort of thing. Trans women, same, same thing. It's a threat to the cishet femininity, um, what it means to be a woman. All that is seen as threatening. It's something sexual. It's all about because heterosexuals just lead with perversion. We're obsessed inherently also with genitals. That's all I think about. Yeah. I think they also that- What it's oh, supposed ahead, to be doing, what it, what it can <coughs> and can't do. That's basically what it is. Um, there's enough men, I've, I've always been like, there's enough men out here for everybody. Period. <laughs> Um, and um, unfortunately, you know, if black women, if black, straight black women and straight black men are not doing the work necessary to unlearn, to just recalibrate the way they think about certain things, this kind of thing is going to continue to happen. You know, if everybody just minded their freaking business, their heterosexual business, this wouldn't even be happening. Everybody's preoccupied with genitals and what people do in their bedroom. And this is why this stuff is ha happening. That hatred boils, you know, things, it's an aversion to anything that's not seen as normal. Right. 
I want to add that um, I think if you think about how historically black people over, let's say, 400 years have been broken down and oppressed, and they kind of, we when, the way we rebuild ourselves over the years, we found value in certain things. And some of those things have to do with, you know, refining our value in our black manhood was the masculinity which eventually becomes toxic. And then for a lot of women, this one monolithic way of being a woman, we had to rebuild ourselves in these one ways of thinking. And then I think that the you know, um, gay men and then gay women and LGBTQ and this whole group is such a rebellion against all of these ways of thinking. It's kind of like, how dare you be proud of who you are and exist in a way that's unlike these conventional. Yeah. Right. And so um, it, it's kind of like, it's all, it's like a direct attack at them. And that's why they try to strip us of, us, of our blackness. There's always kind of like this feeling of, you're not one of me. Uh, you're not my kind of people. Um, but it definitely stems back to slavery all the time. Um, any sight of femininity is triggering for some people. I, I do believe that, um, I mean, this history about um, men being raped and women being raped on plantations and stuff. So um, I don't know, it's crazy. And then when we start talking about Christianity, it become a whole long conversation that we don't got time for. I'd also <laughs> like to point out that when you're a marginalized person, you like to hold on, you don't even realize you're doing it but you like to hold on to whatever privilege you have. The little bit and of it for a lot of, And for black people, their heterosexuality is the <laughs> privilege they'd like to hold on to. They don't see it as a privilege. Most fail to even acknowledge it, mm. but that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. And not just, you know, with straight people, it comes out in the gay community as well. Absolutely. So black gay men love to, um, love to hold on to, you know, their masculine image. Yep. Whatever bit of privilege you have as a marginalized person, inherently you like to hold on to it and, lo and lord it off over people. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And that's why some people don't really want to end oppression. They actually want to become white people. They want to become white men. And um, that's, Great. That's not solving anything. <laughs> the ability to be mediocre. Yeah. <clears throat> the ability to be mediocre. It'll never and, happen. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Hold you on, don't have a moment. I just want to. Excellent. Of, you don't. Hold on, moment, Liz. There's a lot of things that YouTube I want to say. Uh, Isaiah Banks said, uh, Misha, love your forehead. It's beautiful. Okay. <laughs> uh, my sister has one too. Um, Low Kevin said, Emery, you're on top tonight. Um, yeah. up, Cynthia, I love you. Um, sometimes, sometimes. Uh, if this is Danny from back in the day, was uh, Mika, this is old, old friend of yours, Danny Bazaar from back in the day. Oh, well, hi. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you oh know my who that is? God. Yeah, that I know is who that is. is. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is this Danny that. Tia did, right? That's why I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I think so, right? So do you know who it is? <laughs> we, no, because I, I do, but I'm trying to be very respectful. Like, because, okay, 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 okay. because I don't, because I, I, uh, 
Inbox me. Yeah. <laughs> um, they said it's deeply rooted toward hatred, unfortunately. Um, heteronormativity is such a dangerous structure. We need to break it down through constant education and action. Um, Jonathan Hart said, y'all got to stop blaming everything on slavery. People know right from wrong. I will not. Um, everything you do is rooted in slavery. It's in the blood. I'm definitely going to say Hold that. On. Hold on one moment. Um, I'm sorry. Don said, Lindsay, you're speaking facts. Um, if they want to be the oppressors. Um, Don Tarouk went back to Jonathan, what he said about that statement. and said, the ideals of slavery still infect every part of this country. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, it is Tia. The enslavement of the mind. And that's uh, part of it, is. it is Tia. Yeah, that's why I had to say it. What's going on, Danny? Um, Lindsay, you are speaking the truth. Um, I just wanted to piggyback and to kind of delve into things connected to that. When I saw the video... Um, I'm, it was, um, it's a twofold for me. When I saw the video, first I gagged. Um, it was sent to my phone. Uh, basically, like, look what happened now. Um, I had two thoughts. I thought it was horrible, of course, how the amount of people that was in there beating her. And I didn't know how it was going to end because when I got the message I got, it just said, um, Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. I, when I got that message, it was just I didn't know what to get from it. Right. Yeah. Um I also said this is a tough little bitch, just being honest. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. because yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, she was getting jumped. And to see her hold it, I'm you know, that was you know, that was a brutal attack. I have seen people be be unconscious for less than that. So yeah, yeah. just that strength and resilience alone, I said and she was on social media the next few days paying it. Yeah. And yeah. that right there, um, the next day I actually sent her a message on Facebook because it was kind of a gag because on top of everything else that's going on, it was just like, wow, here we but here here we are and somebody else within the community and but the only saving grace, but it's a sad saving grace, but still a great one, is that she's not dead like so many other girls. So that was the saving grace for myself with that, because as we know, yeah. there's a lot of girls that do not live to tell the story. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I also thought it was really like really sad and pathetic. On a good thing, it's good that this was taped, because at the end of the day, hopefully something comes out of it toward these people. But it also makes me know where we're at in the world, how motherfuckers tape everything and anything and don't care. Somebody could be getting killed in front of you and they will pull the phone out and tape that. They don't care. Mm -hmm. can be how? They don't even care that a life, nobody said stop at all. And that's scary with everything that's going on out there in Minneapolis, Minnesota, correct? You would yeah. think that would be the furthest thing from our people at the end of the day, mine, right or wrong, would to do that with everything going on. What if, God forbid, they would have killed that girl? They would. They don't even realize with everything that just happened, it, 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 it paints that narrative that people already have that we are animals, that we hurt our own people. You understand what I'm saying? So 
is one of those things that just looking at it, I'm sorry, there's a lot of comments coming in. Looking at it, it just makes me know that I'm, I'm glad that she's still here to tell the story. I yeah. just hope that something comes out of this. You know what I'm saying? Something, if anything, even if it's just her personal gain, I'm perfectly fine with it. Whatever yeah. helps her get through the day. But I do want to say also, like, it's really sad that we've gotten to this point where we lack so much empathy. I mean, how callous we can be and how... I just got to say one thing, so Misha, Misha was just talking about empathy early on the phone with me, so it's funny that you said that. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> but it's yeah. true, and they just lack empathy, and um, we obsessed with entertainment and social media to the point where our first instincts... And keep in mind that you're... In you know, incriminating yourself. You're literally recording yourself being part of violence. How desensitized we are where we're recording it like it's an another day. And I'm not even just gonna attack the people there. I'm gonna also call out the people sharing the video because now this is becoming porn for the masses to just watch fights, people possibly on the brink of dying <clears throat> because they just wanna see this, like, you know, you can actually help people without having a video go viral. Uh, what if I told you that? If you just said that um, this young woman was brutally attacked, you can help her without watching the video first. But, but I want to I wanna say something about that. I agree with that because I didn't post a video. I'm not really into playing certain videos. If I'm like, if I post something, it has to be something funny or something that I'm into. Mm -hmm. I didn't share the video, but... This is, I'm critiquing myself too, though. I've watched the video, so no, I'm a part of the problem. But, right, but, I, say but I think that we have yeah. to be careful with that. Why well, I say be careful with that? I feel like there are some people that do share videos like that. Oh, bitch, come look at this. But I also feel like some people are sharing the video to get the information out there for people. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I feel like there's there's so many crazy things, but it's like so many etiquette rules and what to do what trauma to, porn and what's and what's what's appropriate or what's not appropriate so i, I don't I know i feel like there's some people that are genuinely they share this stuff to get the information out there and i feel like there are some that generally they're doing it just to, to, to and that's why it's not always about the intent because i do think that even though it's good meaning behind it there are some people that are transphobic and homophobic you can they can see this video and it won't change shit I promise you it won't. It's the same way when you share a, a video of a cis black person dying and being murdered in the street, a racist person will not change their mind. Trauma porn. But that's why, but that's why we're saying, we're saying that, that you know, hopefully that something comes out of this because maybe there is change. I personally am glad that there's a video and I hope that they use this video to pinpoint to seek justice as proof yes i'm all for yes. that i just it's just kind of like it, if i was brutally attacked i don't want five million ten million people to probably have seen that video yeah you it know becomes like trauma porn trauma <sighs> porn for people let me tell you something and for there's some people who find justification in that video she deserves to be dead because she's one of those transgenders or he exactly. deserves to be dead because he's one of those criminal ass niggas. Trauma porn. It yeah. becomes for a lot of people. I don't know whether it helps or hinders because Emmett Till 
How many years ago was that? 30 years? Mamie Till opened up that casket so everybody could see the what, what people did to a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. Now, it's almost, what, 30, 40 years later? Right. Did anything really change? Right. Ugh. Everyone's right. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. Like, um, <clears throat> but I also, I, I'm also of the mind, again, with Emery, where it's like, you know, folks have decided a long time ago um, what side they're going to be on. Um, and and we cannot appeal to them, you know what I mean? I, I'm definitely a firm believer in um, creating our own spaces, uh, doling out our own justice. I have to go to that yeah. message, yes. Um, I, I, I really am, you know, as, as, I'm, as you know, I'm very anti-police, I'm very anti-prisons. Um, and so it, it does not serve me um, to, to, to have another black person behind bars. Um, but that's not to say that um, something shouldn't be done. You know, I, the video reaffirmed for me that I am powerless um, against the larger system as it is right now. That if right. I, if I decided to wage war against these people, I would lose because I am not, um, we're not evenly matched. You understand what I'm saying? And so mm -hmm. it was very defeating to see that and actually know that there are, there, there in so many ways, there's just so many things that I wasn't going to be able to do. And I know we talk a lot about community and I know, and I feel comfortable enough saying this because I, I, I love having these conversations about blackness and about what blackness means and about issues with black people, with black people, right? Away from the white gaze, because it, Honestly, like it's so much deeper than just, okay, justice for her, we send this boy to jail, we send these men to jail, and then what? Right? We're then still what? we're still not addressing uh, the root causes of, of any of this, right? Like when I when I see these people kill uh, try to kill this woman, I don't see black faces. I, I yes, they're there. It's very evident. Um, but I see something else. I see something else much sinister. I see, I see strings. I see puppets. I see, I see people, um, unknown people who are, who are allowing this shit to happen and who don't give a fuck if it's happening um, and would, and would uh, rather see this person dead. Um, and so mm -hmm. it, it, again, it's so, it's so deep and it's so, uh, layered you know what I mean that 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 regardless of whatever there is no justice in this there's no justice until we have torn down every single last white supremacist capitalist colonial patriarchy bullshit you know what I mean that but not just that that we then start to address how that has fucked our minds and how we also perpetuate that shit in blackface so that we don't um, re-erect that shit in blackface. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's very easy to do. Like, mm. honestly, like these motherfuckers don't have to do anything because we're doing it for them. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Because we're so indoctrinated. You understand what I'm saying? So we think that 
you know, certain things are a win for us. And the reality is not. We fucking lose. When a black man gets sent to prison or when a black man gets killed, we fucking lose. When a black man is beaten up on a trans fucking woman, we fucking lose. When, when, Every when time. a black woman gets fucking killed and attacked, we fucking lose. Regardless, we fucking lose. And that's why I'm, I, I don't want any of this to stop. And I don't want us to get um, so satisfied with these performative um, acts of solidarity, you know what I mean? They're peanuts compared to the fucking shit that needs to be done. And you know what's so funny? That it can be done like that. That's what you're showing me. When you can just give $150 million to a black community, that lets me know all that other bullshit that you were talking about, that it doesn't exist. You created <laughs> that. You just don't want to do anything about it. You right? don't want to do anything. Like I, so when I experience violence You'd or be when too I much like right on somebody else that looks like me, I know that you have the power to stop this shit from happening. You are choosing not to. And now that we're collectively uh, lighting fire under your ass, because again, I also think that that's performative. I'm very, I'm very scared because I don't know how many of you guys understand this, but um, whenever whites, the, the system decides to transform itself, uh, you, should, you guys should read this, read this fucking book. I'm looking at it right now. The new fucking Jim Crow is that when they, when read they it. in the process <laughs> of transforming themselves and how they do things, they, they expose themselves. And so I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, what is really happening right now? Because again, if at the end of this, right, we just get settled with a fucking, uh, with, with, with street fucking graffiti and a name of fucking black live pussy. I don't fucking know what. Right. And, and, and $150 million with no systemic change. What the fuck are we doing? Right. It means absolutely nothing. That like, was like, the why are we doing nothing. It? You know what I mean? And then, and so I become afraid. I become afraid because see, I know this beast. I know this beast as it is right now, this new shit that, that might be erected. I don't know that. I don't like, I don't know that. You know what I mean? And I, so it, it becomes even that much more dangerous. I know who you are now. You know what I mean? And these acts of, oh, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. But again, no real systemic change whatsoever. You know what I mean? And it feels very um, negotiating. You know what I mean? Like we're negotiating fucking like rights for people and fucking like if we should actually dismantle oppression or not. It's so, it's so much deeper than just this trans woman getting, that is the symptom. You know what I mean? That is, that, that is the result of this fucking like disease that we refuse to, to really address and fucking eradicate. That shit is, is, is bullshit and it's time to go. It's time They're bartering to lives. Go. That's what's happening, bartering <laughs> lives. And I but think what that, basically, uh, we need to change the topic, but what, on the last point, I just want to, to, to come, Go ahead, I want to get some of your comments, that's all. Okay, um, I was just gonna say, and everything she just said in itself is why I don't really think this Yana girl is looking past the immediate gain of right. money. In her mind, she has already made up that there is no justice for me. No what justice really for gonna her. happen. Did any she of you guys see her live? Did you? No, know I, I didn't. I was on Kelly's live. I okay. see her live with her and her manager. Yes, I saw it. So, so she did a live with activists. Um, with an, w w that that is that I, she feels comfortable with and she trusts, obviously. And to me, it looked like she was safe. I, I again, I she said she she explains everything that happened. 
you know, uh, she talks about what she was feeling and what happened. There are also uh, some things where she said that the people that, that attacked her first were actually friends of hers that she was staying with who actually started the entire thing. You know what I mean? That she actually went into, um, she actually feared for her life uh, so much that she wanted to go inside that grocery store, that little, that little quickie stop uh, to make sure that there were cameras, that cameras could get it on tape because she truly believed um, that she was going to die. You know, I looked at her and I, and I said, regardless of whatever, right? I think, I, and I guess maybe we'll talk about that a little later, but I, I honestly feel regardless of whatever her motives are, if there are any motives whatsoever, right? I don't care. We cannot dispute the fact that this woman, this young trans person could have lost her lives at the hand of an angry fucking mob. So regardless of what happens before that's and what it, happens and that's after, all. that's all that matters. That's I don't it. care if she makes a million dollars, two million dollars, got a book deal, got a story about her life. It doesn't matter. She deserves- Exactly, I don't even care if that manager is her pimp. Exactly, every trans woman right. deserves to have some fucking quality of life. Everybody else yeah. does. Why shouldn't she? And you know what? If people are moved by what has happened to her to say, you know what? I'm going to pour into you. Then, baby, get your weave. Get whatever it is that you need to feel good about yourself. One thing about being clocked, okay? <clears throat> a clock is the most, for me, I'm going to speak for myself. A clock is one of the most humiliating fucking things that can happen okay especially a public clock especially a clock where there's jeering that's unfucking like you're like wait what you're laughing at me like how am i a fucking joke you know what i mean and then, to it, off. then to, to have it circulated that girl has paid her fucking dues and you know what if she if she ends up blowing all of that money you know what all of us have lived a million and one lives this go round, and we have been we we have been allowed to make as many fucking mistakes as we want, and ain't nobody checked us on anything. So why should she not, if that's the case, also be able to live and experience and make mistakes and grow and do whatever the fuck it is that she needs to do? That's a part of womanhood. Power. That's everybody's womanhood journey. Ain't easy, you know? and that's her and that's her journey. It will be That's her journey. Can, can, I will not stand us, in judgment of, of this young lady. It. I would have got us. me a new weed too. They ripped my shit off. Listen. They humiliated me. Listen, they, if they my hair is not down. done, if my nails is not done, listen, I, I, I feel some type <laughs> of way. Like I feel <laughs> some type of way. Already you reading me up. Already you calling me all kinds of everything. You, you, you making me feel like all kinds of everything but a child of God. Okay, She's me getting my get hair, hair done and my nails done means something to me. Exactly. <laughs> get a bottle of perfume and smell that shit on me makes me feel good. And and that's okay. all, if that's all it is, I don't give a fuck. I deserve to feel good about myself. Well, especially when I know what's out there, especially when I know what's waiting for me, especially when I know that ain't nobody on my motherfucking side, even the people that's supposed to be my fucking friend. I just slept on your fucking couch. Uh, a minute ago, we just fucking we just fucking smoked weed. Maybe we just fucking drank together. We just fucking break, broke bread together. And now I'm having to fight my, for my life with you against you. The hell I got to experience every fucking day, and you telling me that I don't have a right to fucking feel good? 
I don't have a right to accept the, 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 the generosity of people who are moved by me when I thought ain't nobody gave a fuck about me. I walked around this whole fucking world for 20 years feeling left out. The fact that she's sleeping on couches lets me know that she's been, thro that she's been thrown away. And yep. God knows how many times she was thrown away. That shit is hurtful, hurtful, hurtful. You know, you have no idea what that feels like. No idea, no idea. And so if I do something to make myself feel good, whatever it is, whatever it is, no, should nobody have anything to say about it? Especially when you got other bitches who've done the same and maybe worse. Worse. I get to make my mistakes too. I get to make my choices too, if that's the case, because I don't think she's done anything wrong. I don't. I don't. She was in the right. She knew that she was outnumbered. She knew that there was no justice for her. Bitch, I would have ran too. Bitch, catch me later. Call me later. If you need money, bitch, I will work for that coin. If I got to sell my ass to get you that coin, you know I'll do it. You know I'll do it. Bitch, you don't have to put, throw me out here like this to the fucking wolves, girl. You do not have to throw me out here like this. All these niggas out here, Bitch, I've probably been, been assaulted so many times by some of these niggas, been called a man by some of these niggas. Bitch, I know they got it out for me. All they needed was an excuse. Right. All they needed was an excuse. Boom. She could not see past her own survival, and I Just will not stay, stay judge alive. her for that. Stay alive, daughter. Stay alive, sister. Stay the fuck alive. That's stay it. alive. That's stay it. alive. Whatever you got to do to stay alive, girl, stay alive. Stay alive. That's Stay alive. It, that's all. Let's take a quick breather, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm on here tonight, so I'm very glad that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of uh, uh, good questions. Sean Ray two two six said, "Do you guys see yourself as black or gay first? I am I'm black one whole first. person. I'm Let me start first. with I'm one. I'm one whole person." And I truly, honestly, don't know how to divide my existence into sections of being black today and gay tomorrow or black. I mean, I, I, I've kind of been that person that usually always leads with the first thing you know about me is that I'm black because that's the first thing you see. But maybe you think I'm gay from afar, too. Maybe you think I'm all these things. I don't really want to spend too much time on what part of my identity I prioritize. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely see that, but I but I know we don't live in that world. That just you know I, yeah yeah yeah. I mean yeah. Um, I, I definitely get it though. Um, religion and uh, S. Child said religion and gender identity has a major impact on most black neighborhoods. Period. Oh yeah. Um, black first, but can we chew gum and walk at the same time? <laughs> okay, let's kind of um, shift a little bit. Uh, still in Minnesota with uh, everything. Uh, they, they laid George Floyd to rest. Um, there's been a lot going on. Um, the looting. Uh, they tore up everywhere. They tore up New York. They tore up Fordham Road. They tore up Phil I mean, some of these places that they tore up, like, like Philly, for example, um, you would have thought that it would have went down there. Like it would have went down because the way they tore up some of these cities, they went in. Um, the looting, they put curfews on. Um, it, 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 from the neighbor, from outside the neighborhoods to the, I mean, from 18, I mean, it was rampant everywhere. 
How do you yeah. guys feel about the protesting, Black Lives Matter, and the looting? How do you guys feel about it all right now? This is another heavy one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let somebody else go first. I, I'll go because I'll go because I'll keep it short. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think this really speaks to how many communities are upset aside from Minneapolis. Um, for me personally, knowing history, um, the looting, I was sitting on my sofa, pleased, you know, to me, I didn't have an issue with the looting. I did have an issue with the looting in certain neighborhoods as I began to realize some of the neighborhoods that were going through this didn't need to really experience that. They could have taken it uptown. They could have taken it to another part of the city that didn't deserve to be destroyed. Um, but for the most part, the anger um, that I saw take place really gave me hope that this generation is as upset as we have been for so many years. That's what I took from it. Um, you can never determine how exactly people are going to act or take out their hate or, or, or anger um, towards the system. And that, I mean, we've seen this over and over again. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, I don't have a problem with the looting. I think at some point it needs to come to a stop. Um, but I think that there was definitely a point to prove. And I think all 50 states participated mm -hmm. in um, at least a protest. Um, but like you were saying, Caesar, a lot of these cities like Philadelphia, really, DC, I think too, a little bit, kind of were unexpectedly raped. With ham and cheese. With ham and cheese. <laughs> um, <laughs> As far as Black Lives Matter, it seemed to be something that disappeared for a while. So I'm glad to hear that message again. And as far as um, George, you know, George um, and his family, you know, so I saw his daughter in a video. I always try to find the good in things. And when I look at his little girl, that is what makes me happy. I, I haven't seen her cry yet. Um, do you have to? No, I'm just. <laughs> oh that's what God. makes me happy. I'm that's kidding. what makes me happy. That's what makes me happy that you know she seems. Um, I want her to keep her happiness. Let me put it like that. And I saw you know videos and um, um, pictures of her and her father. She loved them very much, but um, she was right to say that her her dad, you know, is changing the world. Um, that message really touched me. So. That's, I think that was all three of your things, Caesar. So, okay, these are my thoughts. I actually don't have much to say because I'm exhausted. Um, <laughs> I mean, every day waking up is like the world is on fire, and I'm tired. But um, and I didn't really take a lot of notes because I said exhaustion. <laughs> but what I will say is um, to keep it short, burn the motherfucker down. Um, burn <laughs> the motherfucker down. I'm all for it, and you know what? I, I'm sorry, Lindsay, to steal this from you, but um, there are casualties in war, and I, 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 I finally see 
I'm, I'm happy to see, I'm surprised to see, but happy to see that 50 states are supporting this cause. Um, I, I do have empathy for, because uh, a lot of these communities of black communities are segregated and concentrated. And when you're attacking certain stores with maybe one grocery store in a certain amount radius, um, now they don't have any place to really, you know, shop and eat. Um, so that is something to take in consideration. But as far as Gucci, like um, whatever that ignorant bitch said, <laughs> and um, all these designer stores, bitch, if I could be out that store, I would be. I would be. It's the only time I would probably be able to actually get a label anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, burn it down. Um, I, and, and I just want to say also that all of this is necessary. The organized protesting, the chaos, the violence, the people with the, um, you know, the funding policy change, all of this connects to change. It's how these four uh, police officers finally got arrested. Oh, magically. Now they can get you know what? That's um, how But that scares me though. Why it scares me is because they are police officers. And it scares me because you knew y'all could have if, if y'all was gonna just lock them up now, y'all could have did that shit from fucking last week. Allegedly right. there was no legislation in place for them whatever it was. <laughs> Um, and this also opened up the case, I believe, quote me if I'm wrong, this opened up a case again, unsolved case of, um, what's her name, Brianna? Brianna. Mm -hmm. um, it, it reopened that case. Of Brianna Taylor, about right? Taylor, yes. I think so, yes. I also want to give out a shout out to Tony McDade because I feel like his death for murder was swept under the rug. Um, uh, he was a black trans man, but um, all of this is necessary. That's all I want to say. And support whichever way you can. If you want to sit home and support the protesters with through money, do that. If you want to sign a petition, do that. If you want to beat a police officer ass, don't say that I signed on for you. <laughs> too. Go ahead. But I'm, I'm for all the calls. Do you guys think? Do you guys think that we? matter to in or do you think that we matter to the black lives movement when you say we you mean like lgbt lgbt gay trans any other do you think no of course no of course not but and this is why we, we can no. we have the right to make a choice on where we stand with it because again this is what i'm saying with well, it, it, how you choose to identify. Some people are perfectly fine with being black first and that second. And they are, everybody can say, you know, I'm going to fight this mark. Some of my favorite people like um, Twiggy and George M. Johnson and Preston. Um, Mitchum. <laughs> yeah. All of these people are out there marching. And they are very black LGBTQ identified folks, but they still out there, even though they know that probably at the end of the day, they don't really include them, but they're reminding the people through their protesting that they should matter. They're walking out with signs like black trans lives matter, black LGBTQ plus lives matter. And you know, whatever way works for you. But if you want to sit on your ass and be like, bitch, that ain't my problem. I really can't blame you. I just want to say um, something a little bit to the looting and that sort of thing. People tend to forget the initial civil rights movement wasn't pretty either. Rebellion is never pretty. 
And sometimes there are casualties. And I'm sorry to all those black, like these mom and pop businesses that may have been affected by all the violence and the looting. I know in black communities, um, for black people to secure loans, you know, um, it's hard. Yeah. But you have to think. You have to think of what, why these things were put into place. That's also why the violence is necessary. Um, these little caveats um, created to circumvent Black people for securing loans, to building wealth in their own community. Not to say that that equates to the loss of a business and things, but you have to think of the bigger picture. And secondly, you know, I am never going to value material things, buildings over a life. I can't barter lives. There's no bartering lives for me. And that's what people are trying to do. You know, yeah. like I said, rebellion is never easy. It is never pretty. There are casualties in this. And I am so sorry. And, you know, the only thing I can do, the only thing I can think to say to everybody is when these businesses are back, Put your money where your mouth was. Like some people were so outraged about the looting, black businesses, da, da, da. Some of these black businesses, y'all don't even patronize. Y'all were worried about them two days ago, but you don't even patronize these black businesses that everybody's so up in arms about. What you can do is help them. Like my salon is owned by a black woman. She just sent out a notice. Um, she was having problems during this, the loan she thought she was going to get all her clients sending her money because that's how you keep, that's how you put it back. That's an in. example. Where I'm going to go when the world opens back up. That's where I'm going back to Leona Wilson's salon here in New York City. And I want her to be up and running. I, I don't want her to miss her rent or any of that. You know what I mean? Um, Where's the salon? What's the name of the salon? Huh? What's the name of the salon? <laughs> Leona Wilson Salon. She's okay. excellent. <laughs> oh. But there is uh, a difference between corporatocracy and small business. I get it. Yeah. But we got to be reasonable here. Yeah. I heard someone yeah, sure. say that if these, uh, if these Black-owned businesses that are in the community were actually for the people, that I promise you they would have been spared. You know, if they were really mm. like giving back to the community in the ways that were meaningful, um, I have to agree. They, I don't they, know. They were, yeah, I don't know. Take and that I'm, shit uptown. And, and I'm, you know, and, and I have to be very again. I, you know, mm. I look at um, the ways in which we as a community uh, uphold this system and the way that we perpetuate that same kind of like mm. violence towards people, even people who are, who are, um, who are consumers, you know, consumer consuming our product. Um, it, it, I see it um, within my community. There's not, there's not, and, and this is just real talk. I think there's very little, there were in my neighborhood. My, my neighborhood is a very gentrified neighborhood. Um, there were a lot of black, uh, owned businesses in my in my neighborhood, um, and 
you know, and a lot of them are, are leaving. A lot of them are, can't, can't afford the, uh, the rent anymore. And so they're being kicked out, you know, but I, I will say that I've seen where people have, have put up like, um, you know, like this is a black owned business or this person did whatever, you know what I mean? For the community. And I think, um, but again, you also, it goes back to why people are there. You know what I mean? Again, it is a casualty of what, you know, war, I guess, you know what I mean? If you want to call it. It is war. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah. you, you have to understand that it, that it isn't, that it isn't pretty, you know, people, people fail to realize that, um, you know, rebellions included men, women, and children. All of them got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, like, like we, our ancestors. It ain't were, nice. Our ancestors were killing our own babies. You know what I mean? To protect them from, 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 from this from shit. Masses. From, from living. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like. We're getting amnesia. No, exactly. I, I get it. it. It's safer. It feels better. We want to go back to the things that we knew. It's comforting. It's comfortable. Like, I don't have to think too much. I don't have to be in constant rage. I don't have to be so disturbed. I can, I can, I can fuck this person. I can, I can love this person. I can do yes, all these things, right? Because <laughs> once, once all that shit is uncovered, you can't, you can't go back to it no. if you wanted to, you know what I mean? And so you right. just disrupted right. the whole way of being. And it's like, what do you expect is going to happen? You know what I mean? Especially when you start to hold on to different beliefs, all those other beliefs are going to die. That's just, that's just, that's, that's normal. That's, that's going to happen. I think this is the way criticizing the, the, the movement and criticizing what's happening is a way again, to invalidate um, the righteous cause. You know what I mean? And you yeah. have who are, who are going to do that no matter what, you know? Um, but again, yeah. you have to be steadfast and you kind of have to just, you know, know what the end goal is and, and, and see it through. And we won't experience change doing the same shit we did yesterday. Yeah. And I think that is just the conclusion. Yeah. Nioka Nika said it's hard to support black business. They are so shady with trans coming to their stores. Um <laughs> Uh, T.S. Tanya Lane said, I'm not going to criticize the way people are protesting, especially when I'm not out there doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But keep Can in mind, a lot of these black... Because Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I really want to talk about that because, see, this is the... I said this recently where, you know, what people fail to realize is what's happening it's going to benefit everybody if there is a I benefit. About to say this. <laughs> so you're having you're having these these thoughts about it and, and and what what should be done and what shouldn't be done. But guess what? You're going to benefit. Like I always go back to that to that time when uh, Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson were fucking assaulted out of a gay pride rally when they were the ones you understand us who got this whole shit started. How you're benefiting from the shit that I did that, that I'm y'all motherfuckers were screaming out the window, calling us the faggots and, and, and we crazy and we all kinds of, all kinds of everything. But guess what? Now you're reaping the benefits. You can marry your boo. You can have a, a house in the Hamptons with your little dog. You can, you, honey, yeah. you can do it all, honey. You can have your big black cock on your grinder and you can, just, <laughs> you can do it all. Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> Listen, you got, you got nothing to say. You got nothing to say. Nothing do, you to say. Like, do you feel like white gays feel like they have the same issues and problems that black gays do? Or do you imagine they, that they do? 
They, uh, act like they know that their privilege always is going to be there. Some white men, white gay men, let's talk about them for a second. Um, <laughs> um, they forget that they're white men at the end of the day, and that's a problem for me. Um, they're so heavily, heavily privileged, and they think that somehow they are a minority, I guess. Um, I don't think, for the most part, most white gay men has never prohibited them or stopped them from really accessing the same spaces as other white men in their lives. So I really want to know how do you guys see yourselves as a minority? Um, but I don't want to trivialize your existence, but um, just know that you ain't fucking me and we ain't the same. Stop yeah. trying to equate your existence to mine. Um, at the end of the day, <laughs> you can never be black or a person of color. And I know that must haunt you because you use our culture like a blouse um, and you wear it so proudly except when it comes time to showing up for our causes. Mm -hmm. um, it says a lot. It's very telling. Uh, so I just I asked that question shut up. and they, they, they definitely went in. Um... Whew. Most white gays don't care about black issues. Uh, no, they a don't. White, a white gay man is still a white man in America. Um, yes. White gays are marginalized, but not to the extent of black and black and trans. And I guess I should at least say that. Uh, but I, I don't know the existence because, again, I don't know the experience of being a cis white man. I will never know. Most and white... And I'd just like to note that it's interesting about white gay men because white cis men are very threatened by them because of their access to the same space. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, And uh, almost seemingly protections that they receive. Absolutely. It almost, people feel very fragile and cautious around saying certain things absolutely. about gay people. They're very threatened by white gay men. Uh, most white gay men protect their white uh, privilege at all costs. They are yeah. enamored. They are enamored with their proximity to power. Absolutely, it yeah. fuels them. You sitting here eating bread with the same motherfuckers that oppress us, and you trying to make yourself seem like you mean? How? You oh, making yeah. these salaries, and you have these homes. You grew up in these neighborhoods. You have the education. Tavares uh, Watts said. Uh, black men are only important to white men when they want to get screwed. Yes. Well, but I would be a nut. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so let's move away a little bit and come back to head. Let's go, um, guys. Um, let's talk about insecure. Um, uh, let's get light. <laughs> uh, get, who on here watched the last episode that came on? Uh, I did. Okay. Um, Me. Mark, did you watch it? I don't watch Insecure. You're missing you out. You need to get up on that. Um, I want to actually go to that in last week too, to be honest with you. I want to go back. I'm gonna I wanna bring it to three and then get all y'all opinions. First, I want to ask you, um, how are you guys feeling about Molly and Issa? And I just want to go into that. Um Who? for those that have been watching, with <laughs> Molly and Isha on the show. Oh, Molly oh, and Isha. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, um, the girls. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Her girlfriend. Um, and we know <laughs> It's been kind of a, um, especially this season, it's been happening for a minute. It's been a little breakdown in their friendship and communication. Yeah. A lot of distance, a lot of um, things have been happening with them. And um, there was a thing, as we all know, 
Easter was throwing this block party. Everybody was, she was, you know, we all know how she is, who she is. And she kind of went to Molly and they was having it. They've been already having this breakdown of communication. And she basically went and said, listen, can you ask your man to hook me up? Because when the artist fell through, you know, come through for me. And she basically kind of begrudgingly agreed to do it. Mm-hmm. And then she hit him. She hit her back and said, listen, I thought about it. I don't want it to happen. I can't do it. You know, I want this to work, yada, yada. And, of course, Issa felt some type of way because she's like, yo, you're supposed to be my best friend and you leave me hanging like this? Okay, then we fast forward a little bit. The block mm-hmm. party comes. It was a success for her. Um, she had an artist there. What was the kid's name? I, I'll be lying if I tell you. I don't know who it was. Well, his, his ex? No, who was the artist that she had come? Oh, I don't know. Ben Staples. Okay, yeah, Ben Staples. Okay, of cool. course your ass would know. <laughs> of course. Anyway, so at the end, so um, when Asian Bay was telling Molly, like, yo, you know, it takes a lot to put this together, you know, so then she kind of was relenting a little bit, and then she went to East, and then she found out that East's ex-boo, homeboy, whatever, went right. to him and got the hookup. And then they had that big argument, as y'all know, yada, yada, they went at it, and it was not pretty. Boom. Then, as you know, the next episode afterwards, which kind of was a dry episode to me, I hated the whole cab ride thing and all that. It was just certain parts I felt kind of dragged. But mm-hmm. at the end, we saw when Issa saw Molly in the, in the African restaurant, their restaurant, and then she kind of ran off. But then we see in the following episode that Molly seen her, mm-hmm. right? And she kind of gagged that she actually ran off. Then she went on the little, you know, vacation. I kind of liked the whole thing with her and her boot. I liked the thing very realistic with an Asian, an Asian man. You know, they kind of talk this mm-hmm. shit together. Then boom, last week, people been waiting for it. Uh, Issa and Lawrence, they went on. They they met they to talk, rekindle, they, reconcile. Oh wait, no, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. You know oh, what you I didn't saw? See this episode. No, yeah, because I'm sitting here like, wait a minute. No, I, I just saw up to the block party. Mika, like three I episodes. You playing? I thought I thought that that was the last episode. No, well, two more episodes. We're about to get three. It. Well, you got the girl. You on here? You about to get the spoilers, girl? You no, know no, no. Okay, we'll we, we'll keep it. Well, Let's listen. First, I want to say before I give it to you guys. First, I want to say. I felt that the episode was shot beautifully from beginning to end. It was beautiful. Absolutely. It was um, one point where they was at the art fair and it was like this split screen of like red and blue. Okay, as you as you know, we're all in, <laughs> we're in film. So the, the the good part about it when you film you look, but the bad part is you look at everything in two different ways. So yeah. me filming this and so I look at it, but me watching it, yeah. I was so engaged. And then how the split screen was in a different color. I loved every, first of all, I love how they, and I also love like how Queen Sugar, I love how they shoot black people. I love how they make them look. I love the lighting, everything. But I thought that it was one of the, the benefits best. of a predominantly black cast. Without a doubt. <laughs> I thought the dialogue was amazing. I thought the interaction from beginning to end. I thought, oh, like, um, I, um, what's this, what's this actual name? What, the, Person that plays Lawrence, I think he directed and wrote the episode. No, episode. Um, no the, the girl who plays Kelly, Natasha. Horsemel, yes. Kelly oh, yes, yeah. He wrote the episode, and Jay Ellis directed the episode. Well, shout yeah, out and give up to her. I mean, it was amazing from beginning to end. 
I, I, I wrote afterwards on Facebook, like, Instagram has me in my feelings. I thought it was so deep from the, from beginning to the end. So, Emery, put it on there. What do y'all feel, without giving too much away, period, what do y'all feel about, <laughs> one, reconnecting with an ex, and is closure always needed? Closure is a scam. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. We did a whole show on that. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Because it gets closed, opened up, closed, opened up, closed, opened up. I've come to the realization that I that if you love someone, like there's really no closure. Like like if you love someone, you love them. You might not you might not love them in the same uh, the same as you love the the person that you're with now. But like it it does it doesn't mean that whatever you had wasn't like you know wasn't real. You know what I right. mean? Like I spoke to an ex today, and we've been like. We talk regularly and just like check in. Um, I feel like we've had our closure because we know that it's it's yeah you know, that door is closed. Yeah, that that part is closed. But 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 the love and all that other stuff. I mean, that's yeah, going to be there. You know, I think when we start getting into these things like, oh, you can't talk to this person. Where you're with me now. Like, we need to like close that chapter. <laughs> we can't look back. We put so many restrictions on like how we should feel, yeah. and I feel like that's just like a recipe for fucking disaster. So listen, yes. Yes, rekindle, but listen, I don't know. I don't know about, I don't know. It's very, it's very, it's very tricky. Cause I, cause as you know, me, me and, and Clyde now, like we, 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 we was on again, off again, on and off again, on and you know what I mean? And every time I would see him as a different person, he would just look different to me. It's like there were, there were I, I would see him differently each time and we would have a completely different experience. You know what I mean? So it, it really depends. It, it depends on how available you are. It depends on like where you want to be, you know what I mean? And how you, you're trying to feel and experience. But, you, but you've known him, but you, but look, y'all have a child together now and y'all been together for over 20 years. Yeah. I mean, on and off, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So what, what's the biggest lesson you learned from that? Uh, the biggest lesson I think I've learned is really just about like, accepting things about myself that I think that I was very, um, I was, I was, I think I was conditioned to think about myself, just all these ideas about like love and ownership and relationships and like what that meant and what love meant and the rules of love, like all those things have really changed for me. Um, mm -hmm. As you know, I am Polly. So, and that took me a very long time to actually like accept that about myself. You know what I mean? Because I always thought that it, or one, that I didn't deserve to be Polly. And two, that it, it, it just went against like everything that I, I think I believed about my traditional kind of like upbringing about relationships and like what made your relationship wholesome. You know what I mean? And I had mm -hmm. to throw all that shit out the window. So that's kind of like my greatest um, and I think entering it when you're ready, you know what I mean? Cause it, it took me a while to really enter into something again, because I was very, I didn't know, um, I wasn't there. Like I just wasn't, I, I wasn't there. I wasn't looking for it. Um, but there, there's just this things that I learned about it, but whatever. Marcus? Well, or did he leave? Oh, no, he's not. He's no, there. he's there. I um, he's there. I he's definitely, drunk. I definitely believe in closure. I think some people need it. I think some people don't. Um, I think there are levels to closure. Like you're saying, you know, you both mutually can know 
this will never work <clears throat> and take your relationship from there and keep going. Um, so I don't think it's a scam. I think it can be a scam if you're not ready to deal with it. Um, and I also think that, um, well, I know how Emery and um, Lindsay feel about people, <laughs> about people who keep their exes in their life. Um, yeah. I know how they feel about it. They think it's manipulation. They think it's ego. They think it's... But I, I, but what, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying it, but it's the truth. Um, I don't know. To me, I've never had an issue dealing with exes. You know, it's... If I don't want to deal with you, I don't. If I do, you know, if I, if you don't, if if you make me feel comfortable when I come in contact with you, you can be in my life. If you don't, you're not. It's as simple as that. Um, and I that's how I live my life. So, um, so yeah, I can add to this insecure conversation. Yay. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I was going to say that. Well, one. Um, to me, the closure is um, what we decided to do. Um, you don't want me. I don't want you. Don't that want is you. the closure. Bye. That is the closure. <laughs> you don't value me, so that means you don't want me. You don't respect me, so that means you don't want me. Yeah. Oh, that is the closure for me. Um, and I want to address something that he said. It's not that I personally think that um, um, that people that collect their exes like toys to put on the shelf so they can communicate and play with like at a whenever they want to even though i do think that it's i read an article from psychology today and it was it talked about narcissistic personality disorder and um the ego and how most people that not i'm just saying what the article said it was talking about how like um <laughs> <laughs> some people need to maintain some presence in all their exes' lives just to kind of want to see that they still got it or feel that they have that power to, you know, go in and leave whenever they want to or please. Mm. Um, so I just want to address that. But um, as far as exes for, for myself, um, I think it just has to be a period of separation before you even try to initiate any type of reconciliation with an ex um i think a lot of people make the mistake of literally they they break up and then a week later they are back to being friends and really there hasn't been a period of um making changes in the dynamic um changes in the boundaries and what should be in, yeah there hasn't been re a reflection or any type of introspection on like what we did wrong and what we not going to do, what you learned from the situation yourself. Yeah, were you ever and, really exes? Yeah, and, and are y'all really exes because y'all still fucking feeding, financing? Um, um, what really changed? Y'all just don't have the title. That's what makes it... What song is she singing? Lindsay. Are you drowning? <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> Where are you, Lindsay? <laughs> oh, baby, that threw me off. <laughs> and that, that's frozen. Yeah. That's frozen still, Lindsay? Look, she's frozen, think, yeah. Uh, she'll come back. She'll but, come um, back. Yeah, she waits. Um, but um, 
I personally don't have any ex currently in my life that I talk to. <laughs> um, I've even tried the thing of like saying like, okay, what if we just sleep together and there's no friendship? Didn't work for me. Um, and even after five years of being breaking, broken up, it just did not work because it, mm. the feeling was still there. Um, so I can only speak for myself. I, it, it really depends on the person. I, I just think people just need to be careful about what they're getting themselves into. And they need to have open, uh, open dialogue about what they're doing at all times so no party can get hurt. Absolutely. Which is why. I had an issue with Lawrence in the episode because I, I have to say this part. What the fuck are we doing? Like, you, he initiated this conversation with Issa while still talking to his current ex, his most recent ex. And I'm like, so. There was a lot of speculation about that, like the way she was hitting him up, like, could she be pregnant? You didn't notice that? There was a lot of speculation about that. It was a lot of speculation, but also keep in mind, when Issa asked him, she was like, are you you and Condola still talking? He's like, yeah, we still talking. You know. Oh, so why am I here? Why are you asking me on this date if you still talking to this motherfucker right here? And so that's why I had a problem, and I was like, me and Issa ain't the same. First of all, if you even texting another motherfucker while you want to date with me, we have a problem. <laughs> We have a problem. That's and second problem. of all, even no matter how bad I want you, as there was a point, if I'm about coming up to your house and I'm on the, you know, I have another agenda in mind, and you just told me, oh, yeah, I was about to head over another bitch house, go over her house. <laughs> this is not an option no more. <laughs> it's really simple for me. I'm not attracted to people that don't want it. It's really that simple. I don't want nobody that don't want me. It's really Do you simple. feel like he wants to like, do you feel like Lawrence wants to punish her? Like, cause, cause they're, they're, they're like, I've been in relationships where like, I'm like an alpha person, as you know, in all of my relationships with men. Um, there's just certain things that I'm not going to do. And there's certain things that it, it's just what it is. And for a lot of men, I it, I know that it, it hurt them in some way, right? And then mm -hmm. you leave them, you know, and then they come back. A lot of times I felt that it was more about like, okay, you 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 got me. You know what I mean? Like like you you got me feeling some type of way. And so now I need to like, you know, I guess get you back. Mm -hmm. Like need to be, I need to be bad too. You know what I mean? Even though I feel like he at that moment. But with men in particular, I feel like it's never enough. Like, like them cheating on you one time or doing something to hurt you one time doesn't equal the, the oh, yeah, hurt that yeah. felt. So they have to make you hurt continually until they feel like it's added up. Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? And I feel like maybe that's what he's doing. And which is sad because you're you're doing it. And I think his like... I guess his escape or his like claws, I guess, is that, well, me and this, this other girl, we really not together. Like she bounced on me. So whatever yeah. happens in this interaction, whatever happens in this, in this exchange, it's like, it's fair game at this point. Like ain't nobody getting hurt but me. Like I'm, I'm about for myself. You know what I mean? And so that's, I, I don't know. I really don't. 
I don't think I ever cared for Lawrence. <laughs> what are y'all talking about? What are y'all talking about? Insecure. Insecure. What's, what's you know, the you back up? No, we were just no, we were just still talking about we like you talk about like oh, the, okay. the guys. Like I don't I don't think I ever like I don't I can't I cannot be with someone who is so gone and so self-centered that they cannot tell when I'm hurting, right? I completely, yes. I, I think I, I get, I get the, this notion that, you know, your partner is supposed to be like a helper to you, especially when you're down and they're supposed to carry you and they're supposed to hold you. And I, and, and I think the, the show picks up at a part in their relationship where, where it was already kind of too late, where, 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 where she had already decided that she was she was going to exit this relationship, but she couldn't for whatever That's reason. Why I think before you go too deep into that, you got to watch the episode because they kind of touched on that in different places. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. They did. And, I, and I feel like you know a lot of us we kind of like came to the conclusion and we walked away and we was like, well, Issa's being unfair. She's supposed to be the ride or die. She's about all these like reinforced ideas about about women's burden in relationship and 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 their 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 duty to kind of like stand by their men and uphold them when they're going through whatever. And, and the right. way that I thought, I was like, okay, I have to understand that this is like the last stage of whatever, the culmination of so many things that might've happened, yeah. that she had held this person down, that for however long that he was out of a job, that she held him. But you know what she said though? She said something a few episodes before. I don't I know I, exactly I, what you're about to say, but go ahead. I can't, I can't remember who she said it to that it come to me, but she said like basically that she him. kind of felt like all the work that she put in, mm -hmm. someone else is benefiting from. But you saw, and when she said that, I felt her though. It's like, yeah. you know, when you you know, we all know potential. Oh, they got potential. They got potential. Mm -hmm. And you like really put the work, and you really put the love, and you really put the effort into the potential to help the potential. And it does bother you or hurt you that when you see that potential live out with someone else. Yeah. And that's why she got the game fucked up. People <laughs> are not your projects. Um, you don't date for potential. Uh, and you know, I agree. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm, I, I just want to say it's interesting about that dynamic because we meet them um, at, a, at a point in time, it's five years for a year and change, he isn't working. From the beginning, I always thought Lawrence was depressed. And this is, you know, your typical, like how the black community views depression. If he was getting, he wasn't getting up every day, um, trying to look for work, that's depression. Yep. And yep. Issa obviously was ill-equipped to exactly. even deal with that. And he probably exactly. didn't even know he was going through it. He didn't have the language to really yeah. explain what yeah. he was going through. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which adds, I think, another component to the whole, you know, stand by your man thing. Because if you ain't equipped, like, it, first of all, there's no diagnosis between the two of you. You know what yeah. I mean? So here's it. So <laughs> is it really potential, or is this like really his depression? Let me ask you um, all the questions that we're talking about. If y'all, if y'all, I'm talking to all of y'all, all of y'all work. If y'all were living with your significant other and they was out of a job and you was working and you was holding it down per se and each day when you're getting up to go to work 
and you know making things happen and you know time is and you're not seeing how would how does that make you feel how would that make you feel if you don't see them trying to make things happen and all the weight is on you and it's going into one month two months three months six months i have to speak on this first because <laughs> i've been on both sides mm -hmm. i've been on both sides i've been lawrence being like extremely depressed not even feel like I even have the energy to get out of bed. And also, though very, uh, I'm very ambitious, but found myself in a place of like having no motivation um, to really um, seek opportunity and make shit happen. I've been making shit happen since I was 17, 18. So how did, I, I was like, how did I get here? Um, I've always been a person that the things that I said that I wanted, I got. Um, and so when I got to that place, I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? Um, um, I think I, the pressure of expecting to be amazing kind of was overwhelming and needing to get to a place in my relationship so I could be adequate and um, helpful to sustain the relationship. I think all of those things were kind of like overwhelming me. Um, but I did say before I even entered that relationship, and that's why it's important to have a lot of conversations because I told this particular person before we got together, you know, I'm not ready. It's some things I got to take care of before I even enter this relationship. So now instead of letting an outside voice convince me otherwise, I'm like, it's going to be all right. It's I have to listen to myself and trust my gut because I allowed an outside voice to tell me I was ready when I wasn't. And so that's my own thing. But that's also on them because you, that person told you they were not ready and you pulled them into a space and you needed them to be ready on your time. Yeah. And so I, I want to speak on that part. But now with me being where I am now, you know, working and functional, um, if I took on the responsibility of taking care of another person and I had it, it wouldn't be a fucking problem for me if I had it and I knew their circumstances. If I saw, but what I will say is if I saw that they had no ambition at all, that would be a turnoff for me personally. If I saw that if they were in a depressive state, I would want to help. That's my natural way of being but if they just simply had no ambition to do anything that is a turn off for me well I'm an Aries so I'm very straightforward <laughs> um, if I'm working every day and I'm coming home to a nigga that ain't probably every other day I'll say something um, because <laughs> I break up with them but say something well, <laughs> it's only it's only so many times, but like give me an example. Of what you so Monday, um, <laughs> Monday, then now it's Wednesday. What would you say? Oh, um, I, mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I would say depending depending on how it would go. But I wouldn't let it get to a certain point where now I feel uncomfortable bringing it up. I mean, that's no way to be in a relationship. I can't be here every day and be uncomfortable with you not looking for a job, you sorry-ass nigga. I'm going to come up in here and say, what did you, did you do anything today? Because they just need to know that 
money can break up a relationship. Bills and all that shit can break up a relationship. It, it has nothing to do with the love. You have to communicate and say, it makes me feel uncomfortable because I feel like you haven't done anything today. If you are telling somebody that and they continue to not do anything, they're already showing, you know, that um, there's other issues there. But I think as long as you have the communication with them, um, you can uplift them and help them. And by you bringing it up, you might have to step up to the plate and help as well. But if you're going to be with somebody, then you have to do that. And you can't feel this thing where you don't want to say nothing because that's my that's I love him. Fuck that. There are bills. There are bills. <laughs> Ladies, how do you feel? Yeah, I, wait, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. Because I know Lindsay going to be. <laughs> I, I just wanted to add. Uh, I'm not, though. Oh, oh, okay. I just was Read me. Say, Read me? Oh, no, no. I didn't say oh. BG. I'm, no, all I was just saying is that uh, there's just a difference between um, building a person to who you want them to be and helping them get to a place that they want to go, get to, to get where they want to go. They have to have their own drive already before you can, you know, assist. Okay, mm -hmm. now go ahead, Lindsay. No, Misha was saying something, Lindsay. No, Lindsay can go ahead. Okay. I'll, I'll oh, go okay, after yeah. Lindsay. <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to say that, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not opposed, I don't know, it's weird. I'm not opposed to um, holding a person down. I really am not, but you have to want it. Like, um, I, I, I haven't financially ever probably supported a man, but, <laughs> and yeah, but I would if I had to. I think I would if I had to. But um if they ask you for money. I've given people money before. No, no, I mean like, okay, like it's one thing <laughs> if like it's one thing if you're holding down the home, right? We right. all agree. Like you're making sure that bills is be, you're making sure bills is being paid. Yeah, that's you're a whole sure, different story. Yeah. You're making sure food is being but let's say they're like, oh, can you give me some money for some weed? Can you give me some money for, <laughs> you know, to do this? See, go, this is where it gets <laughs> tricky because there's no time. There's no extracurriculars. We got to get this going. That don't get tricky for me. I don't believe in vices. I don't have any. So that's on you. Vices to no. me are Vices to me are personal pleasures. You understand? What I mean? <laughs> yeah. What I do. yeah vices to me are personal pleasures. I don't I agree. You know me, um, Lindsay, let me tell you something. I am a person. Like, listen, you can come and eat whatever food I have. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to make sure you are good. That is one of my love languages. I like to make sure you are good and comfortable and that you ate and stuff like that. Right. Now, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Now, I have learned, you know, I, I buy wine and stuff now for the, you know, people, we film, enjoy yourself. But as my, my man go, I am not going to, if you are not doing anything for yourself, I am not going to fund your personal pleasures. Your personal, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I, Trying I to go to Dave and Buster's and smoke weed and, you know, the, the bathhouse and shit. I'm not about to be giving you money to do that. <laughs> bathhouse. As far as to make sure that we have food in this refrigerator and these lights is on and these bills is paid and you have a comfortable and clean and safe place to live and I'm holding you down while you're going through a rough patch. I am yeah. going to do that. I have no issue with doing that. Boom. Because yeah. guess what? If you wasn't here, this stuff would still be going on. 
I'm not gonna make you understand exactly. what I'm it's really not an inconvenience because you already got that. But I'm also not going to enable you, meaning that I'm not going to let you get into the trap for yourself. I'm actually looking out for you, baby. I ain't gonna make you get into the trap. Uh, <laughs> no, for real. Just, if, if, I, if I ain't got if I ain't got no job and my nigga don't buy me no weed when I don't have no job, because we're not God gonna forbid, be together. Because God forbid something happens to me, what you gonna do? You gotta make sure you're good. So I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like you have to also think for yourself because at the end of the day, one thing about me and I love this gift that I, I'm never gonna let myself ever fall or fail to a place where I have to be in a spot like that. Not to say it can't happen, but I'm gonna yeah. still do my best to pull myself out of that. So I would yeah. want to be with the same type of person that has the same like-minded thing. And let me tell you something: we all go through things. I don't want to say all, but a lot of us go through. I go through depression, yeah. through moments of anxiety. I go, I go through anxiety. I go through issues and stuff like that. But I also, ha I, I also know that I have to be strong to get through these things because at the end of the day, the only one that can pull myself out of these things is me most of the time. So I have to be aware of that. So I need to be with someone that had that same mind frame, then that's not going to let themselves crumble to the point where they're just leaning on me per se. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I, to yeah. sustain their life. Let me, let's see what you feel, man. <laughs> so I want to I wanna, I wanna talk about uh, the mental health component. I knew you were going to go there. But go ahead. No, because <laughs> you know what it is? Um, and I'm going to say this. Women... Uh, and I'm only speaking for women in, in this, I'm sure, in, in uh, same-sex couples. I mean, I can't speak about that because I, I, I did have a uh, same-sex experience, um, lived experience with, with another cis male-identified person. Um, and there's a reason why I, I say it like that. Um, mm -hmm because that's not who I am and that was never who I was. I just had that experience just to clarify. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, classified as a caretaker. I've always, I've always been a caretaker and I'm also an empath. And so I'm, I'm always moved by people who are uh, in pain, right? Um, larger uh, issue is that Black women, right, have, again, have been uh, made to be these, like, these standards of what it is to be a Black woman and the things that you're supposed to kind of accept in a relationship, right? And like if, and if you're, like, like holding down a man, like, like being his ride or die, like, like, like bagging Survivor. up his drugs, like, like going to the spot, like, like washing his clothes, like cooking for him, like putting up with five or six different baby mamas, like, you know, all, all, all those things. You got, you got to be his mama. You got to be his doctor. You got to be his therapist. You got to be all these different things. If you, you got to carry his children, raise his children. You know what I mean? Like, but don't be a man about it because that's his job, even though, anyway. But this is the thing, right? Is that, again, we talk, when, when we're talking about mental health, like, yes, Issa, it's not criminal that she did not know how to recognize um, yeah. clinical depression, right? And so her response was um, what she was receiving and it did not match up with what she was putting in there and she was exhausted. I will mm -hmm. say this. I am a person, I, and I guess because I, I know what it's supposed to look like, like, again, I have made the conscious decision that I was not going to play certain roles in my partner's life. I was not going to be his mama. 
I was not going to be his therapist and I'm not going to be his, 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 uh, his housekeeper. And if he cannot love me as a whole person without me doing any of that stuff, then I don't need to be with this person. I have held down guys in relationships, but that's because we were in relationships. and take relationship. Most of my relationships, real talk, as you know, the guys give me the money to kind of balance because I'm great with money. So a lot of my relationships, I've had nothing but men give me their money to do with it. Like, as I please, you understand? Just give me money for a Metro card to get to work. You understand what I'm saying? But I've also been in relationships where guys were broken, where they've experienced a lot of trauma. And, and what I did was, you need to get therapy. Let's, do you have insurance? If you don't have insurance, I'm gonna help you get insurance. And we're gonna look to right. see network that you can talk to because we're not gonna be going through this. And I'm not gonna be getting, I'm not gonna be getting like, like shit face or, or any of this bullshit of these residual fucking uh, abuse that you meant to give to somebody. I'm not, mm. I'm not carrying that. That's not virtuous to me. That is abuse. And as a person who has survived abuse, I know what those are. And as a person who responds to abuse with violence, you don't want to fuck with me. Like, so I suggest that you get the help that you need because I'm not your mama. I'm not none of those things. And that's how I hold down the people that are in my lives. If I see that there's a need, okay, fine. I'm going to connect you to the places that you can get that because I know that it's going to require the, the work that is going to be required to put into all of your healing. I do not have the capacity for because in this relationship, I'm also like, looking for something, you understand? As I'm pouring into you, I'm expecting you to pour into me as well. I'm, I'm a whole person like you're a whole person. So I don't need you to complete me and you don't need me to complete you. But in order to do that and to actually be together in a relationship, we're gonna have to address those things that are potential like, <clears throat> that's going to be a problem. If there's gonna be something that's gonna cause you to not be a, pro a productive member in this relationship, then we need to address that as soon as we see that. And again, I'm speaking from privilege because again, these are the things that I've been, I've been taught to recognize. These are things because I do this work. You understand what I'm saying? But you have people, they don't know this, but, but you know when something doesn't feel good and you know when, especially if you've been in, in abusive relationships and you've survived abuse, you know what those are. You, you can recognize it instantly. You know that something is wrong. So whatever it is, if it's not addressed or if it's not talked about in a way that you also feel heard and there's actual change that's happening, because I get it. Yes, you're depressed. Yes, it's debilitating. And I completely get depression is debilitating. If you need space to do that, I will provide space to do that. And you also need to be doing, if you're not taking medication, then you're seeing a therapist. If you're not seeing a therapist, then you're taking medication. Which one is it? Something is going to happen. For, for some change to happen because we cannot exist like this because eventually what's gonna happen, no matter what I do, it's, it's not going to be enough. It's never gonna be enough. You know what I mean? Until healing happens. If we're just loving each other broken and that's fine. I can love you, I can love you, but we don't have to stay broken. Like we have to be committed to healing. We have to be committed to, to, to relationship and what that means, right? Like I can't be having you talk to me like some bitch that just fucking like cheated on you and, and broke your heart like 10, 10 fucking years ago. And all you see is her when I say something about take out the garbage and all of a sudden, like you ready to put me in my face. Like yeah. we can't live like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yes, I'm gonna hold you down. Um, 
where I'm not abused, right? Hurt you just because you are hurting, you do not have the right to hurt me, right? You have mm. the right to heal. You have the right to heal. Yes, you do. You have the space to heal, but you do not have the right to harm me or hurt me or require require more of me than you're willing to go and get for yourself or accept for yourself. We can't do that. We definitely cannot do that. Um, two more two more things I want to go into, guys. And it's funny because you kind of opened it. I want to ask you guys a question. For those that don't know, Faith Evans, um, legendary Faith Evans, got arrested. Um <clears throat> She's married to Stevie J. And um, I heard a little bit from it the other day that um, I guess she was hitting him or something like that. Um, where, in, in situations like that, when the woman is hitting the man, what is the man supposed to do? Does the man hit them back? Does he not hit them back? Honestly, I, I want you to be honest. Like, um, uh, you know, As a woman that's been hit by men? <laughs> I Listen, I... I you know, I have to go back to myself. Like, I can't speak for anyone else. And I, I like, I'm not going to sit here and say that women are, aren't uh, perpetu perpetuators of violence. I can't say that in relation. There are. You know, I can't say that. But what I can say for myself, if I've ever hit a man, again, my response to violence and abuse, like, I don't cower. Like, I don't, like, I'm not the girl that's going like, oh, please don't, like, I'm not that girl, <laughs> you know? And, and there are moments where I have to remember, like if I, especially if I'm with a nigga that, that don't, that's also equally like, bitch, we can go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well somebody has to kind of be, you know what I mean? I, I can't speak on the relationship. I don't know what happened in that relationship, but I know if I hit a man, it's cause I'm, 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 I'm being abused in some, in some form or way. And this is the only way that I can like fight back. You know what I mean? Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. But I, I mean, listen, can't, should a man hit a woman? Listen, I, I'm equal, equal opportunity, equal opportunity. Like, <laughs> like somebody's fighting you and regardless of gender, regardless of whatever, like, bitch, we going, like, like we tearing it regardless of whatever. And you know this about me. You know what I mean? Like, it, it don't, it don't matter to me. Like, it is what it is. It is what it is. Hey, so if a if a woman slaps a man or punches a man, he he should take it. Um, if she beat his motherfucking ass, <laughs> <laughs> we want to maybe then maybe we can have a conversation. Um, I mean, look, she married she married him for God's sake. So if she's hitting him, he did something fucked up. That's all I gotta say. More yeah. than likely, yeah. Lizzie? Um, this is an interesting thing for me. Um, I'm only, well, I've had one, like, tumultuous relationship. I don't want to say it's been violent. I was slapped by this guy um, publicly one time, and that didn't turn out too well for him. Like, it's crazy. Man, but, why, um, why, why would you, why did he smack and why publicly? Um, he slapped me because he found out I gave my number to some, like, one of his friends. So how did you feel at the moment? <laughs> I mean, to be slapped, to be slapped publicly by your man, how did you feel? I was humiliated. We were in a restaurant. And did he any, drove me there. Did anybody oh, come God. to your aid? No. 
Oh no, that's that's a lie. The proprietor of the restaurant, like the the front person, they asked me if I wanted to call the police. I didn't. I called the cab for myself. It, it was just a weird scene. It was insane. It really was. And yes, I was with him after this incident. Not very long, but I was still with him though. It's weird. I don't know. I have an interesting reaction to violence. Um, when I heard about Faith and, and Stevie J, Stevie J just strikes me as the type of man that you have to fuck him up at some point. He's not going to stop. He's not going to stop dealing with bitches. He's going he's abusive. to. He's an abuser. He's definitely he, an abuser. He's abusive. He doesn't respect women. And he has a very tragic story, too. Like, I think his mom left at a very young age and he was raised by his father. And he said, the being raised by the father, that was kind of, because he had different women coming in and out. Like, he has this, women are expendable to him. So it's not like he was going to all of a sudden be some stand-up great husband. She had to expect that. That she was going to have to slap him the fuck up at some point. When do we stop the trauma? When I say to stop the trauma, like in meeting people and the getting to know process, and you know, my my version of getting to know someone may be different than someone else. But me, I like to ask questions. I'm getting. I want to delve into who you are, where you're from, where your family from, everything about. Because then you know, then you can make the kind of choice about moving forward. When do I feel like so many? We meet so many people that have this, this so much trauma and so much with them. When do you just be like, you know what? I don't want to do this right now. I want to. I want to go with the carefree route. You understand what I'm saying, guys? I want to go the carefree route. I want to go with the less baggage. I want to go with the more. I want to go with the the easier, not the more challenging. When do you do that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I feel like so many times we, as a whole, you know, meet people. And it's so much that, you know, you got your own shit to deal with. And then they got their Everybody own Everybody got shit, though. And the older I was just get, about to say that. <laughs> it's tricky because everyone has baggage. The conversation has to be, where are you now? Where are you today? Um, how have you handled that? How have you survived that? Um, and you, you know, also like, have to think about what your personal threshold is for whatever baggage <laughs> it is. Because I knew at one point I was like, I'm not dealing with any more men that have these little babies. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and the minute I put that into the universe, it happened. What made my you, what boyfriend made you, what, now, what, shit is a deal breaker. His only boy is way in his 20s. What made you, what made you, what made, what, why was it enough? Was it everybody you was meeting had fucking kids? Everybody that I was meeting at a certain point in time had kids. And not only kids, little kids. Like, like six months. Um, if I got a self-respect that you're fucking your baby mother, I don't want to be with you. I don't. You like I need kids to be like eight, like twenty. <laughs> Seriously. So everybody will have figured out what's going on. Everyone's genitals can stay where they need to stay. Too much. And then question I asked that on another panel. Let me ask you guys, what do you guys feel is the um the, the age gap for over and under for successful dating. Like the There's no rule. So okay, you said there's no rule. Marcus oh, well, 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 uh, with the eight wait the, the age gap for a successful relationship? Dating. 
What do you think? talking about how long you date before you? Okay, I'm talking about age-wise. What do you think is the upper and lower? Like, okay, for, you know, like, okay, as you are, Marcus, how old are you? 37. Okay, boom, 37. What's the youngest you would date and what's the oldest you would date? Uh, okay, I see you. Go the, <clears throat> the youngest I would date is 25. Okay, so you're, you're, and what's the oldest you would date? And the oldest I would date is 55. Okay. Bitch. So, <laughs> you're gagging no, me right now. I'm not saying I wouldn't deal. I'm not saying I wouldn't deal with a 75. They're younger these days. So you're saying 12 under, 18 over. Okay, boom. Emery. Oh. Um, and so I just want to start with who I would fuck and who I would date. It's different. Oh yes, uh, dating, dating, sure. relationship, yeah. dating, dating so, no relationship. I just want to, yeah, because some people might know how know how I get down. I might have just posted a status yesterday about mm -hmm. wanting to get spanked by forty five year old men and stuff. But when we talking about <laughs> dating, <laughs> um, <laughs> this ain't about my father issues, okay? But no, <laughs> dating. Um, I think the youngest for me as of today is definitely 25 and I'm 28. Uh, I, I can't, well, actually it might be like 26, 27. And this, this sounds fucked up, but to me, a lot of 25 year olds ain't even had a real relationship yet. My opinion. My opinion. <laughs> and I feel like I finally, at the point I am, I feel like they're not where I'm at right now. So, um, so I'll probably be like, 26, 27. Oldest, um, this is just a personal opinion. I don't want to some to date someone who's had an ample amount of more experience than I did. Like you live your whole life and like you know all these things. <laughs> and I'm still here, still trying to learn my way. In my experience, those people become lecturers and they become almost more parents than partners. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think I would say the oldest is probably like 35. That's you not too bad. I'm still young. Yeah. So you got a two year underneath and seven years over. You wouldn't do a 40? Mm -hmm. No, not not at the age I am today. Okay, ladies. <laughs> I already told you. <laughs> well, I said this already. Like, I, I for me, it's, it's maturity. Like, um, I don't know. Like, I usually don't go past 27, but I, the oldest I, I would date is probably like 65, 66, maybe. <laughs> what? Are you <laughs> <laughs> oh, Y'all are dating AARP motherfuckers out here. <laughs> I need like, because, I, like, I feel like, um, I definitely get what you're saying, Emery. Like, I've definitely dated men who are more, like, interested in being, like, my father than actual, like, you know, like, relationships. Um, but there's some really handsome, like, you know, oh, older oh, dudes. I told you. Like, yeah, it's, like, really, I, like, as long as you're, uh, listen, I love a fine man. Like, I told you this. I, it doesn't matter to me. There's so many things that I that I throw out the window when it comes to, like, getting to yeah, know it's someone not so and dating. Fixed. Yeah, yeah 
do not fix. Like I'm not an ableist when it comes to relationships. Like you don't listen. It who you love is who you love. You know what I mean? Who you you know it, it, who you form a connection with? You form a connection with. I don't know. You know. Can I attack people that date eighteen year olds, or is this not that conversation? I I don't listen. I have I, you know. <laughs> what you got listen. to say? <laughs> I do not want them to crucify me. I, me personally, I don't feel comfortable like dating someone who, who might be 18 years old. Um, and I also understand that the age of consent, and I also understand there's so many things that come into yeah. that. I think when we start having these conversations, I, I find that more and more people, because it's like a personal preference, you know what I mean? that they automatically like, but you're like this much older and you like, I definitely, you know, <laughs> everyone is not the same when it comes to like their, how they date, you know what I mean? And why they choose to date certain right. people. You, d you definitely have uh, some people, especially um, older folks who want to squander their entire life. And then they want to wait until they're 50 and 60 years old to like find the 25 beauty. You know what I mean? Um, to to take care of them in their in their old age. Listen, and that's fine too. However, they won't date anyone. They exclusively will not date someone. My thing is like when we start talking about like preferences and like things to start disqualifying people from being um, partners or whatever, and it it starts to teeter on the lines of like discrimination, mask, and like preference, and like uh, transphobia and homophobia and anti-blackness and all these things. That's when I have a problem with it. You know yeah, what I mean? When it becomes like, problematic. Do, do yeah. whatever it is. But when, when it starts to like, you know, go into this realm where we're just it makes like, a revelation oh, I, only, about I only want, yeah, like I only want, you know, all, all this other shit like that people put on their profiles. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, come on. Like you're, you're fucking yeah. sick. You know what I mean? Like you're sick because now you're just like <laughs> discriminating against people, you know? But again, I'm definitely for the, I'm definitely one of those people that, you know, they say the age of consent is 18. And so I feel as if, if someone is of age and they are, um, they're mature enough or whatever. It, I mean, yes, we're going to be talking about power dynamics and all that shit. And, and reality speaking, yeah. when you're, when you're in a relationship, either with someone younger or older, someone who has more money, someone who doesn't have money, we're going to be talking about those things. So I really hate when we start having these conversations like, Oh, like, but how do we know that this person cannot make these decisions and blah, blah, blah. There's shit that I did at 17, 18 years old that I, I knew what the fuck I was doing. And I, I, I don't regret any of it. You understand what I'm saying? So, so to sit there and be like, that's ages as fuck. To say that, that someone who's 18 years old don't, don't know they ask from, from whatever is bullshit. You know, mask and, and all our other isms and shit. You know what I mean? I personally will not do it just because I don't feel comfortable doing it because right. I, don't, I just don't feel comfortable. Like I, I like what I like. You know what I mean? And it has nothing to do with all the other shit. You know what I mean? I don't care, you know, but it's just for me, a personal preference where, you know, for me, I just don't feel comfortable. And it really is just a matter of like um, someone's mentality for me. Like if we cannot have conversation, if, if we can't hold, if you can't, don't have the capacity to hold space for me the way that I want to, like, we can't, we, we, we can't rock. Like, I couldn't even imagine someone not even really understanding my period period related jokes like if i said something about a show from my era growing up and they didn't know what it was 
that will bother the fuck out of me. I, I, that's just a person. <laughs> I'll be like, you don't know Michael Jackson? Like, the little things like that will bother me. What you know uh, about Michael Jackson, Emery? No. Yeah. <laughs> what, do y'all guys, okay. what do y'all guys think about Amanda Seals? Who? Oh. Um, Amanda Seals is elitist as fuck, but she knows her shit when it comes to African-American history, okay? She cannot be checked when it comes to that. But I do think that she does, she's not really... <laughs> you can have your opinion about it. I, I, I personally think that she knows all historical facts. I, I do too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But was I, this on the uh, docket? Was Amanda Seals, um, whatever her name is, was this on the docket? No, it just came no. to my. It just came I to my. Did. I feel attacked. I feel set up <laughs> for having this conversation about her. No, I'm just. <laughs> what do you think about her? Just go right to it. Uh, I, I don't. I. You know what I don't like? I don't like intelligent people. Who do who say dumb problematic shit? Like uh, there's no doubt, there's no doubt that an anti-black shit. Like there's no doubt that she's intelligent. You know what I mean? If we're gonna look at, you know, whatever, however we're defining it, you know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, she's problematic as fuck. You know, right. and and yeah, and that's my that, those are my thoughts about it. You know, I I hate. I just hate when when we get into this place where we want to intellectualize shit that really don't need to be intellectualized, and at the same time we're causing harm. Um, it, talking about the shit that we, we say that we're there trying to like support, like it's crazy to me. It's, it's bullshit. But that that's my take on her. She's cute though. She's pretty. <laughs> I agree. I'm with not that. about to do with you. <laughs> Well, guys, it was amazing with you guys. You guys are amazing. Um, can you? I didn't answer any of those questions. Right. Oh, ladies, okay, did not answer. Have the floor, <laughs> Go ahead. She is not frozen. I wouldn't date anybody. Lay it on. Forget it. No, I want to hear. No, I don't like it. No, forget it. And no, I don't like Amanda Seals. I don't really think she's that all that intelligent. I think she's articulate and well spoken. But there's certain, you know, certain things like. She doubles down on certain things that I think are important and she's verbal on other things. It's like when she's called out on her colorism, all of a sudden she's like, oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. And her light skin privilege. So I don't want to talk. She exactly. doesn't speak for me. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe she'll find <laughs> a platform. Maybe she'll find another platform. I don't think the real was a good fit for her. No. Um. I think she has a, a, enough to have her own platform that she doesn't need to be on anything. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, her shows I agree. seem like they're pretty informative and they're fun. Like, they're interactive, informative, and fun. She'll be fine. And because she is cute. She's I agree with everything that you <laughs> said. I actually agree with it. But I do like her. Like, I love Angela Rye. Um, I have a thing. I, I do love... That I love intelligent black women. I love hearing them talk. I love hearing their views. I love how hearing how they parallel from each other. I love hearing like um I've been watching Fox Soul too with uh Claudia Jordan and Vivica Fox and Lisa Ray and uh, Selena Johnson. I really like Selena Johnson a lot. I really I love hearing conversations. Oh. Hmm? 
the Fox Soul Fox. Yeah, I watched their clip. I, I like I like their chemistry that they have with each other. I like listening to them. Um, I've never really been a real person, but I've seen clips from the real, whatever it is. But I like Amanda Seals. I think it's cool, but I agree with you. I think she's an elitist. <laughs> I don't I know if I like, like her or don't like her. I'm just indifferent. Just, I think that she does try to intellectualize certain things that don't need to be intellectualized. But yeah. I like um, Angela Rye, but I love Angela Rye. I love her. Yeah, I love Angela Rye. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're gonna leave it. Um, so everyone here, I would like you guys to leave us with a closing statement. Also, let them know how to follow it. Follow you guys, of course, even though the information up there. And anything that you want to tell the viewers for tonight, I would love for you guys to leave them with something positive and inspiring, or you know, whatever you. Well, come on, this is your moment. <laughs> I would like to say. Please, please just stay safe, stay focused, write down your goals. It always works. Um, and please pick up my new singles yeah. on uh, <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram at Lyrical Mar down at the bottom of your screen. I have a two-pack for you. Oh, nice. You have a and what? Please, a two-pack, two singles. I released singles today, Caesar. Did you know that? Oh, you, have, you, you do music too? I have new music out. Oh, we can, we'll put it on the show. Send it to me. Don't pick, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Pick that up. <laughs> is it, wait, wait, real quick. Is it R&B? What is it? It's rap. You rap? Yes. Uh, you, you know what send this to my phone, please. I need this. I need to hear this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> as soon as I log off. I surely will. Lindsay, anything you'd like to leave us? With? Oh, um, well, first I'd like to say it was such a great conversation tonight. I really enjoyed it. Um, what I'd like to leave everyone with is, you know, I am passionate about um, education. Right now I'm in this kind of like weird bubble where I'm really re-examining slavery. I'm reading a lot about slavery, or a lot of books about slavery. I recommend reading to everybody. It is power, especially, I'd like to, people to check out, there was a book that Mika mentioned earlier, The New Jim Crow, I read that two years ago. Um, I am reading, right, well, I just finished reading George M. Johnson's book, All Boys, Ain't, All Boys Aren't Blue. Mm -hmm. That's an LGBT um, rite of past, like it's, it's beautiful, beautifully written. And I'm also reading right now, I can't remember the name of it, but it's about this interesting dynamic between black women after the reconstruction period and their mistresses. Mm. That dynamic that exists between black women and white women, why it is, how did we get here? And that I urge everybody to, if you wanna know what's going on right now, if you really wanna get to the root of why things are the way they are, Check out that documentary by Mr. Um, Skip Gates, Reconstruction. Where is it? Where it is tells it? the entire story. Lizzie, send it to, where is it at? Where are they playing at right now? Oh, that's on Channel 13. You can okay. find that on like um public access. Okay. That is definitely, that tells the story. Well, right Channel 13 ain't Channel 13 in every state. Oh, I'm sorry. PBS. <laughs> PBS. Yes, I get it. I'm like on New York. <laughs> M? Oh, um, for myself, I just want to say thank you for inviting me back on this platform again. Um, these yes. conversations, I think, are very important to have. Um, 
thought-provoking and needed. Um, also, I want to say um, check out our podcast with Lindsay and Lyrical Mara myself. Hard to Swallow podcast. You can follow us at HTS underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. It's on all major podcast apps and platforms. Also, I'm promoting the show for the show Legendary with Slay TV. Um, they just had episode three come out, and episode four is expected to drop on June 11th. Um, Let's have- me and you sometime this weekend when you get free. Let's me and you just do a thing talking about Legendary so we can get into that. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do that this weekend. <laughs> also, I have two short films underway. One of them is called Brush, and the other is called The Language of Modern Consent, which yeah. is um, a conversation about consent um, and with high schoolers, actually. Um, and yeah, that's all I have to promote. If I had a message to all of you, um, <laughs> my LGBTQ people, I just want to say that you have every right to take whatever stance it is, my black LGBTQ people, take whatever stance that you want in as in regards to this protest in the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, but like we all said, you will benefit from it. So whatever. And also I wanna say to black gay men, do better by black trans women. So you gonna make all it of us have to do better. Com- you gonna make it into a whole nother conversation. Yeah, <laughs> we can have it another day, but I just want to call out my, in particular, my cis black gay men. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to us. We have to do better by black trans women. Period. Stop telling trans women how to feel too, and what they should and shouldn't be behind. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um. I really just want to say, uh, keep fighting. Don't give up. Don't don't accept these little fucking like crumbs. Um, no matter how uh, much we might be tempted to, um, we need to we need to get the whole motherfucking table. Fuck the crumbs. We need the whole motherfucking table, the whole fucking pie. Um, so don't stop. Um, I also want to say, believe black trans women. Listen to black trans women. Stop policing black trans women. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like to my sisters, to my folks who identify as other, um, keep fighting, keep living. I don't give a fuck. Like occupy <laughs> space. <laughs> um, yes. That's it. Ask for what you want, demand what you want. If they don't give it to you, take it. That's it. Mm. And with that include, I thank everybody that tuned in tonight to watch. I have some stuff coming up. I kind of been slacking lately with this. I've had a lot of other stuff going on with Triangle, getting stuff together. And I want everybody to still remember, guys, we are still in a pandemic. Have, yes. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, because, which I understand, a lot of that went out the window when everything started happening in the world. So a lot of that went yeah. out the window, but we are still in a pandemic. Some places are opening up, some of it. You still have to take precautions and protect yourself. It is not going away. It is not going about away. to get mad all over again. Some of you motherfuckers are so incurious about um, <laughs> knowledge. Um, like, the, the info is there. The facts are there. Some of y'all literally, because the Black Lives Matter protest has overshadowed and kind of got rid of all the COVID-19 facts, y'all felt like there is no new cases. Oh, it was a, you know, conspiracy. It was never real. Yes, the fuck it is. And the numbers are still on the rise. 
the research is there and you can find it through a simple Google search. If you actually <laughs> put your thumbs, your fat, wet, slippery thumbs on your fucking phone <laughs> and look it up. Okay, right. I'm done. Oh my God. And this is gonna be, it's supposed to be on a positive note. On top of that, no, but it's a real note. Okay. It's hard to swallow. You still need to protect yourself. You still need to be aware where you're at. You still need to know what's going on. Um, I myself was watching the news every day and I had to start, kind of stop watching the news every day because it was, it was too much at times for me. But then I still, but I, but I also still like to stay informed. And I did not lose sight with everything going on that there's still a pandemic going on and we still have to be careful. So everybody, please be safe still and take care of yourselves. I love you guys. Thank you guys. Thank love you. Thank you. Love Bye, you. my beloveds. Love y'all. <laughs> Doll. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>